Welcome to church. There's a showward assembly, an exciting congregation of God's people, under the pastoral care of Dr. Dennis Eng and his amiable wife, Pastor I.T. Our mission is to raise champions who are passionate for God, winning in life and changing the world. Our vision is to be a growing community of worshippers and ministers from every tribe and tongue, taking the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever we go. Showward, raising champions. Today is Thanksgiving for 32 years of a blissful union. If you want to clap, go ahead. Thirty-two years, and this church is joining us to thank God that God has kept us. If our marriage is not good, it will affect you. You agree with me? Me and my wife are fighting, quarreling, bitter with each other. It will affect you. In fact, it will affect the things I preach. I will just come here and say, women, they are very wicked. <laughs> women, horrible people, creatures. In fact, that is because of what, we happen, what happened in my house. <laughs> so having a good marriage is to your advantage. Are you with me? And we give God the glory for that. Please will you help me celebrate Jesus? Thank him. My wife and I got born again, I mean, I got married. Yeah, got born again at an early age, but we got married also quite early. Um, I fell in love with my wife at the age of 20. I was 20. I don't know who is 20 here. You can imagine how horrible that is. When I asked her to marry me, I was barely 22. And you would think a 22-year-old boy doesn't know anything. That's how old I was, 22. I wonder what I would say to my son if he came back home and, at 22 and said he has found a wife. <laughs> what would you do? Knock his head. I said, oh boy, I don't want to hear that nonsense from your mouth. <laughs> ah, my, I, my head no good at that time. My head no been good at all. My blood was too hot. 22. Jesus. Go to school. Don't. <laughs> but you know the beautiful thing about that was that at 22 I was done with the university. First level that is. Many people that want to marry that early at 22 they are still looking for admission. Are you with me? At 22, they're looking for what? You talk to them, they say, Jam has not, Jam has not given me, Jam has not given me results. Jam, they have not given me admission. Eh? Jam has, eh? I should strike. <laughs> so at 22, I was already a graduate. And we were about to go on youth service. And I did a smart thing. 
There was this girl that I was in love with. Beautiful, nice, young, promising girl. And I was not going to get stupid to let her go on youth service without a commitment. So I dragged her to one place in Malabo and said, Babes, me and you are going to marry her. <laughs> me and you. Will you marry me? By the way, let me tell you how I proposed to her. A lot of people, when they want to propose to a girl, they will tell the girl all manner of lies. My great-grandfather was the Ministry of Labor. <laughs> Meanwhile, he used to work as a cleaner in Ministry of Works. <laughs> ah, my father, own half of my village, is a lie. Fake. One, one, one guy told a girl, Say, you know, I, 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 I read so-so and so in so-so university. The man has never been to university before. One day, when the girl told me and I suspected there was something wrong, I called the boy. And I said, you know, oh boy, I would like to see your certificate. He said, that is not here in Lagos. I said, where is it? He told me. I said, I will give you transfer money. <laughs> I wanted to save the girl because I knew the man was lying. I said, I want to see your certificate. He said, that is very far. I said, no problem. When you have time, I have the money. So I gave him transfer money. Go and bring it. That was when the truth came out. He said, daddy, I, I applied for admission. They didn't give me. But what did you tell her? You told her you're a graduate. You have not gone to school. Tell the truth. So I called my wife that night and I said to her, oh girl, sure you can see now. I'm a poor student. Even cloth, I no get wear. I told her things are so rough with me, oh. But that I have a belief that things will be okay. My wife knew. You see, the day I made up my mind to marry my wife, I had malaria. And I didn't have even money to buy paracetamol. And she came to see me in Hall 5, Unica. And she saw me shivering inside my bed. And she asked me, have you eaten? I said, no. Have you taken anything? I said, no. She said, wait, I'm coming. She had just come back from France. She went and sold a piece of cloth she bought from France. Came to buy me paracetamol. And right there on that bed, I said, I'm going to marry this girl. God didn't need to speak to me more than that. And we have been married for 32 years. You're waiting for an angel. And that's why you're not married. You're waiting for a dream. Even You have even had the dream five times. You have not done anything about it. I sat in front of you. I mean, Hall 5 one day now. After that, with my friend, with my twin brother, Reverend Moore. My wife was coming from Hall 6 to visit me. So I called him and said, do you know I, I will marry this girl? He asked me, really? I said, yes. How do you know? I said, I just know. I'll marry her. I didn't tell her the Lord spoke to me because I didn't have any vision. I didn't have any dream. I didn't have any prophecy. I just said, I'm going to marry this girl. Why shouldn't I marry her? She's well behaved. She's, she's a born again Christian. She's a good girl. And she bought me paracetamol. I married her. As, come on. Are you with me? 
See, you like to be to people do show for you. See, the Lord, uh, you know, I, I was just waiting on the Lord for three, and I had my son, my son. Fake. I had a dream and I carried an umbrella and then, and then the girl came and entered my umbrella so my wife said the boy must belong to PDP. Some people are already learning. It's not until I begin to open Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I heard a guest preacher yesterday preach that before you get married, you must know your purpose. So my wife and I turned and looked at each other and said, God really had mercy on us. Because <laughs> we didn't know any purpose. <laughs> No, I don't understand. At 20, what purpose do you know? <laughs> At 22, you can come back and say, I know purpose. You're fooling yourself. You don't know any purpose. I just loved the girl. I just didn't want to miss her. She fitted so much into my life. And I said, look, I can't live without this girl. I didn't know any purpose. So if we now say, okay, first of all, before you marry, discover purpose. Fulfill purpose. Then marry. I said, ah, that kind of arrangement, eh? That is like the law of Moses. <laughs> oh, Lord. Is somebody still here? You know, people today look at us and say, wow, pastor. Pastor must have chosen mama very well. Can you imagine? Pastor preaches, mama sings. Ah, perfect combination in ministry. You know, those things met us on the way. When we got married, I had no idea we would be a pastor. In fact, I didn't want to be. Are you with me? And she had no idea she would be singing. So, you know, sometimes that's actually what fools us, gets us to marry the wrong person. You're looking for what people can do instead of listening to what your heart is telling. The connection that is heart to heart. It is only God that has the blueprint of our lives. Please, is somebody with me? God has the blueprints of our life. Just listen to him. Let him lead you. Follow him one step after another. This step may not look like the next one. Oh, come on. I don't think you heard me. I said the step today may not look like the next one. Glory to God. So we got married that early. In fact, I said I was 20 when I proposed to her. No, I was 22 when I proposed to her. I was 20 when I fell in love with her. And then at 22, I asked her to marry me. And we waited for five years before we wedded. One of the reasons we waited was that, apart from the fact that I was trying to find my feet, but her dad said I would marry her over his dead body. The dad bluntly told me, you will not marry my daughter. But that was after he had collected dowry from me. Yes, he changed his mind. 
you know, I, I, and I'll tell you why he changed his mind. I mean, looking back now, I don't blame him. Um, somehow. All right. <laughs> when I went, it's God that helps us. Even in our weaknesses and in our stupidity. I went to consult my father-in-law then and even when the dowry was not due, he kept us a date and said, bring your people. But he said, I want the dowry now. Ahead of that time. So I went and brought him the dowry. He collected the diary in the midst of other people. And then he gave me a list. And it was in the process of going to negotiate the list that he changed his mind. Why? Because by the, as I'm thinking now because of what he said to my wife after. We're sitting down in a drinking parlor in the town, you know, their town. We're sitting in a drinking parlor. Small boy, how old was I? I didn't know much. I was not exposed, which is why I tried to teach young boys and the young people here are trying to get married. One of the things I said to you is that don't go to see your father-in-law. Don't go to see your brother-in-law. Don't go to see your prospective wise people without a drink in your hand. Take a bottle of wine. I didn't know that. So I sat down with my father-in-law in the drinking parlor to negotiate list and I stood up to leave. I didn't know I could buy him Fanta. And he stood up, got home and said to my wife, you won't marry that boy. And we thought it was a joke. My uncle, my uncle was a very prominent man, two times a member of the House of Assembly, at a certain point, national treasurer of UPN. Very prominent man went and knelt down and said, look, that boy is my brother's son. I'm his father. His real father is in the U.S. I promise to give you a tanker of drinks if you want. My father was at that time, I mean, my uncle was at that time representing Total in our town. He had all, you know, I mean, petrol stations and all of that. The man said, over my dead body. Wow. So, I went from Reverend Dr. Maokbai, Reverend Dr. Mbogo, I enlisted all prominent people to beg my father-in-law and I said no. So I got crazy. I went to the court, paid the money, legitimately because my dad, I mean my wife was already 18. So the court collected the, all the rest. Of, in fact, I paid the diary afresh in the court. Two policemen organized a wedding and had a wedding. Few years after, my father-in-law sent for me and begged me and said, "If I when he sent for me, I didn't go. Then I heard he died. So I took all the rest of the list and put on a chair with his picture. So the man that said I would marry the daughter over his dead body collected all the things he didn't collect after he died." His picture collected it for him. That's how rough it was. See, my father-in-law said to my wife, if you enter that man's house, I give you seven days, you'll, you'll die. Seven days. I was sitting outside when my wife came and told me, and I laughed, and I said, that's what he said. I said, enter the house, look for Gary, and eat very well. 
I said, you will not die. You will marry me and you will live with me. Beloved, seven, for five years, we had battles to fight. And then when we settled down, people thought I was going to die. One day, a woman looked for me and said, I want to know whether you're the husband to Amyang's daughter. I said, it's me. And the woman shook me with two hands and said, I never knew anybody could marry the man's daughter and be alive. I said, I'm alive and well. When I teach dominion, I know what I'm talking about. I have married her. No, I'm not kidding. I married her and people were shocked that I married her and I'm alive. But today, I am returning 32 years after to say, God, bet for you, it wouldn't happen. See, that's why I tell young people, I could have run away. My uncle told me, right in the car, coming back from my wife's village, and said to me, Dennis. I said, sir. He said, you know, there are fine girls all over this town. I said, yes, I know. He said, look for one of them and marry. Don't marry that girl because the father will kill you. When my uncle finished talking, we were driving in his car. I called him, sir. He answered and I said, you see that man? I said, I will marry his daughter and he will not kill me. So when people say, eh, it doesn't matter. Even if he kills me, I will marry the daughter. Stupid talk. If he kills you, how will you marry the daughter? I don't care. Even if he kills me, I'll marry her. Even if he kills me, I'll marry her. I don't say those kind of things. I say, you see that man? He's too small to kill me. He can't kill me. I will marry the daughter. And there's nothing. Please, I want you to know that the man that was talking was not up to 30. Do you understand that? Crazy fellow. At 27. At 26. At 25. God has helped me. And I give him the glory today. I give him the praise today. God has kept us. One day, I think it was in the other hall, the teenagers, one of them asked me, I was it the teenagers? One of, somebody asked me, Pastor, have you ever had challenges in your marriage? I laughed. And I said, who has not had? I said, I've had plenty. The one you know, is that I waited for 20 years. But that's probably not the worst that we have had. Someone asked me, Pastor, have you ever felt like quitting your marriage? I said, I have. But I did not quit. That's the important thing. Have you ever felt like giving up? Yes, I have. Have your wife and you had issues? You came to a point where you felt this is not worth it. Walk away. I said, yes, I have. I have. Have you ever offended your wife? <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> you don't want to know. Please clap for this woman for living with me for 32 years. I'm a nice man until you come too close. I'm a fine pastor. Very fine man, but you don't want to live with me. I can be difficult, I can be very impossible. 
I can be demanding. I can get on your nerves. I can. And do you still have a few nerves left? <laughs> you don't want to know. But God has helped us. Are you with me? God has helped us. My wife and I have a very beautiful marriage. We don't pretend to each other. We are enjoying, we are having fun. Great fun. How did we spend the last anniversary? We're flying. I was flying from Portland, Oregon. She was flying from New York. And we're calling each other every stop of the way. And we say, this is fun, adventure. I love this. There were things we used to fight over those days. We are not fighting over them again. In fact, sometimes my wife and I would say, wow, thank God I didn't break my marriage over this. Because those things I used to fight over, I now realize they are nothing. Some of the things you fight over, the first five years of your marriage, when you marry as long as me, they are immaterial. They are immaterial. Today, my wife and I can stop seeing each other for two months and nothing spoiled. Those days will be like if you go for two weeks. Ah, the wall has come to an end. Yeah. And we are still in our honeymoon. We still love each other. But it is not the butterflies in your stubborn kind of thing. Is somebody here? Glory to God. I'm sharing all those stories to show you that God has helped us. And God has helped me in particular. Me in particular. Satan has set me up severally, but God has delivered me. God has been there for me. God has been there for me. I tell you the story of my background to show you that I didn't have begin life and marriage on a platter of gold. I began with a lot of challenges. There are people here who would not stand what I withstood, they would run to another girl because they think this is too much for me. If you cannot face the challenges that come to you, then your love is questionable. Your love is questionable. They tell you that your prospective father-in-law is a native doctor. You run away. You want to marry a pastor's daughter. Rubbish. It is the that, that one, where if, if you enter the compound, goose pimples will be all over you because of the shrines there. That's the one God has sent you to. You're a missionary now. <laughs> Come on, is somebody with me? You're now a missionary. God has sent you to the pit of hell to pick a wife. Congratulations. I'm the one. You have shown mercy. You have shown mercy. You have shown mercy. I'm the one. You have shown mercy. You have shown mercy. You have shown mercy. Father, bless your church. As I teach the word this moment, 
let your word come alive in every heart and let the people be blessed. Thank you, Father, for teaching grace in Jesus' mighty name. Matthew chapter 19. Let me read 11 and 12. I'm the one you have shown mercy. You have shown mercy. You have shown mercy. I'm the one you have shown mercy. You have shown mercy. You have shown Can I have the message translation? I'm the one you have shown mercy. You have shown But Jesus said, not everyone is mature enough to live a married life. Not everyone is mature enough. What to look for when you want to marry is not beauty. It's maturity. What to look for when you want to marry is not money. It's maturity. Marriage is for the mature. And maturity is not a function of age. Maturity is a function of experience and exposure. There are people that are mature at the age of 25. There are those that at the age of 50, they are still talking like children. They're still behaving like babies. There are people that at the age of 40, they are still sucking feeding bottle. Still tied to the parents' apron strings. They're not mature. People at the age of 30 are still taking instruction from their parents. They're not mature. Not everyone is mature enough to live a married life. If you are not mature, don't marry. If you're not mature, you're going to have issues with marriage. You know, immaturity will make you pick on every little thing. Even unnecessary things will get to you. Quarrel about nothing. Because you're not mature. Is it maturity to hold on to grudges for weeks? When I see people, they don't talk to each other living in the same house for days. They are babies. They are children. They are making a shipwreck of their marriage. Not everyone is mature enough for married life. My wife at a very tender age, I found her to be very mature. Why? 
because she was the first of ten children and she was the mother of all of them. That is why children that go through suffering mature faster than those who don't. When you pamper and overfeed your children, they will be babies for too long. Some of us can't even allow our children to be on their own. They can't wash their plates. They can't go to the next road. But you have children that are tender age, they are selling on the streets and they are still alive. Is somebody hearing me? And the reason many people are staying till too late in their marriage to marry is that they are immature. And part of immaturity is being over judgmental. Judging everything, sifting them, wanting everything to be to your standard. When you have unreasonable expectations, it is because you're immature. You know one of the definitions I found about commitment? I read that in a book some time ago and it changed my life forever. That commitment is giving your spouse the freedom to fail and not allowing it to be the reason to break the marriage. It takes maturity to accept that. Maturity to accept that. Not everyone is mature enough to live a married life. It requires a certain aptitude, a certain thinking, a certain mindset, and a certain grace. For a lot of people, their mindset is wrong and they should not marry. Marriage isn't for everyone. Oh, come on. Did somebody hear that? Marriage isn't for... See, before, I mean, some time ago, I used to think everybody should marry. I have seen change. And this scripture enforces that. Marriage is not for everyone. Everyone should not marry. Some time ago, a lady got married to a man and they could not consummate the marriage because the man was impotent. Naturally impotent. Bro, if you were born a eunuch and you want to change your status, believe God for a miracle first. Don't marry. Does that make sense to some? I talked to a lady who said she hates meeting the husband. She hates sex. And I said, that's good enough. Then don't marry. Marriage is not for you. There are those that cannot share their space with anybody. If, the, if you, they can't spend, they can't be in the same room with another person. They can't share the same bed. It seems like you are snuffing life out of them. You feel like that? Marriage is not for you. There are people that can't take nonsense. You're so straight. Your standards are too high. Don't bother so that you don't kill yourself. You don't die too fast. In marriage... 
there are too many nonsense. If you don't like nonsense, if you have ever said, nobody, I can't take nonsense from any man, marriage is not for you. Because all men, including your pastor, we have bags of nonsense. We have bags of nonsense. There is no man on earth that does not have his own type of nonsense. Your type of nonsense may not be my type. If a man can't take nonsense, that man is going to have trouble. See, the other day, my wife met a man who is married to four wives. In fact, not married to four wives. He's married to a fourth wife. He married the first one, they could not live together. Married the second one, they couldn't live together. Married the third, they couldn't live together. He's marrying the fourth. So my wife said to me, I want to connect you with the man. So that you can talk to the man. I say, no, my anointing does not reach a man with a fourth wife. I, I am a counselor, but I counsel people that are still having trouble with their first one. To, when a man has graduated to marrying four wives, I say, my own anointing will reach there. <laughs> why has a man in one lifetime married four women? Do you know why? Because he thinks that the women are different. Women are the same. Women look for the same things. Love, care, affection, attention. So you can't give the first woman attention. And she wants it and you say no, you're stupid and both of you fight, you throw her out. Look for the second madam. Second madam needs times two. You get frustrated. And send her away. Look for the Listen, even if you marry 10, they will look for the same things. A man that cannot keep one woman will not be able to keep 10. Did you hear what I just said? If you can't live in peace with one woman, it doesn't matter who you marry, you won't be able to keep it. Because women, apart from the hairstyle, apart from the eyeshadow, apart from the eyelashes and the size of shoes they wear, they're essentially the same. Oh Lord. Is somebody hearing me now? <laughs> That's why I always say that. Also, if a man is not satisfied with one woman, he will not be satisfied with ten. And that's the truth. Glory to God. Marriage isn't for everyone. Please, is somebody hear what I'm saying? Marriage is not for everyone. If you don't have the same, the right aptitude, you don't have the right grace for it, then don't bother. Can I take the next verse? Verse 12. Some from birth seemingly never give marriage a thought. And if marriage doesn't cross your mind, don't bother yourself. Listen, your success in life does not depend on your marital status. There are people that think that marriage is an achievement. Hey, I'm married. So? So what? You know, the, the thing about life is that 
we tend to kill ourselves over what we don't have. When we have it, we realize that it was not a big deal. Are you with me? Before you get married, marriage is all the world to you. Two years, five years, ten years after you're married, you wonder why you, want, why you were killing yourself so much. Why didn't you take your time? Are you with me? It's just like money. When you're poor, you think that when you have money, you'll be happy until you have money and find out that your problems have increased. Is somebody with me? Some never give marriage a thought. If you don't, please don't worry. But if you need to get married, if you've been giving marriage a thought, please get married. Here the Bible says, others never get asked. Sometimes even as a woman, you want to get married but nobody's asking you. Unfortunately, right now there's nothing you can do about it. You can't ask yourself. Or can you? Others never get asked. Or accepted. That some people propose and they keep getting no. You know, some, some people think that it's only the ladies that have a problem with finding a, I mean, uh, finding a man to marry them. Do you know sometimes some men have a problem with finding a woman that will say yes. Hey, come on, are you with me? I have known men that got no, 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 no. They got frustrated. Oh, what am I going to do? So some don't even get accepted. And some decide not to get married for kingdom reasons. Fantastic. But if you're capable of growing into, come on, look at this, the largeness of marriage, please do it. Marriage requires a large heart. Largeness. If you are narrow, you're selfish, you're self-centered, you're not going to have a good marriage. Because marriage requires a certain level of large-heartedness. Permit me to say. Can someone say hallelujah? Everybody wants a good marriage, right? But let me say this to you, that for those of us who want to get married, the success or the failure of your marriage will depend on you. Will depend on who? On you. There are people that believe, oh, because I'm a Christian, my marriage will work foul. It's good to pray. And please let me challenge you and encourage you. Make your marriage a, a subject of prayer. Pray about your marriage. Pray before you get married. Pray when you get married. Continue to pray even when you don't have problems. Keep praying. But prayer alone will not give you a good marriage. Even if you pray from morning till night and all you do is pray, there are people that rise up from the place of prayer to beat their wives. There are other things for you to deal with. Please, is somebody getting what I'm saying now? There are other things for you to do what? Deal with. Having a good marriage will need your impute, will need your work. 
And when I say there are those that rise up from the prayer to, to fight, listen to this. The work is not on your spouse. The work will begin with yourself. God has not given you the power to change anybody, but you have all the power to change yourself. You can change the way you behave. You can change the way you react. You can change the way you feel. You can change the things you do. A lot of people bother too much about looking for the right spouse. If you're not married, please, I want you to be concerned about becoming the right spouse. I want you to look into yourself and ask yourself, what should change? You know, marriage is a revealer, not only of our maturity, but you can measure our spirituality by the quality of our marriage. Please let me say that again. Your spirituality or carnality will show in your marriage. Somebody when he thinks of spirituality would of, think of speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is not the primary index of spirituality. How to measure your spirituality is to take a look at what you call the gifts of the spirit in Galatians chapter 5. Are you with me? Do you have love? Do you have patience? Do you have long suffering? Do you have kindness? Do you have gentleness? Do you have self-control? That is an indicator of how spiritual you are. And it will show in your marriage. Glory to God. It will show in your marriage. It's not how long you pray. It's not how long you speak in tongues. It's whether the fruit of the spirit is manifest in your life and in your marriage. Don't blame anybody. Don't blame God. If your marriage is not going well, don't blame witches. Don't blame Satan. Don't blame your mother-in-law. Because I know that's the thing a lot of Africans like to do. My mother-in-law is a witch. If you keep blaming your mother-in-law as a witch, what will happen when you become a mother-in-law? You'll become a witch, right? Because all mothers-in-law are witches. So the day you become a mother-in-law, you'll be initiated into the covenant. So take things easy. Is somebody with me? Glory to God. Habakkuk 2, let me read two scriptures and bring this to a close. Habakkuk 2 verse 3. I'm the one you have shown mass. You have shown mass. You have shown mass. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will do what? Hey, come on church. Can you read with me? At the end, it will do what? And it will not lie. Though it tarries, do what? Because it will surely come, it will. Two things, listen to this. You must have a vision for your marriage. Can you touch your neighbor and say, have a vision for your marriage? Can you touch the next person and say, I have a vision for your marriage? 
Some people get married and they don't even know what they want. Do you know, small as I was, not 22 years ago, not 32 years ago, but 37 years ago, when I asked my wife to marry me, I sat her down and I said to her, we must have a beautiful marriage. I came from a broken home and I suffered the pains and the travails of a broken home. By the way, one of the things I was told in Christian Union those days was when marriage teachers would come, they would say, be careful. Don't marry somebody who is from a broken home. Because if you marry someone from a broken home, you will also have a broken home. That teaching is wrong. You know why it's wrong? If that is so, what of those of us who came from broken homes, so we'll not find wives to marry? We'll not find husbands to marry? Beautiful thing that God does is that you fall in love before you know the background of the person. You see a girl and you like her, you fall in love with her and then you get to discover that she's from a broken home. So you now pull out. It's the same thing with genotype. Don't marry someone that is AA. SS. AS. No, okay, AA is the one that you should marry. So all of us are looking for AA. So sister, are you AA? So that I can fall in love with you? Sis, oh bro, please be writing AA. Whenever you want to come to church so that the sisters will know, just carry a signboard. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> That's not how life works. The day you fall in love with a man, you will not remember genotype. You remember, remember when you want to do counseling. By that time, it's too late. Are you with me? That's why in this church, Apart from the fact that we have seen God change genotypes. But I have said, the purpose of asking you to disclose your genotype is not so that we tell you not to marry. I don't believe in that rubbish. You can marry and by faith have all your children and none of them is a sickler. Are you with me? Not one of them. But even if any of them were to be, the faith that put you there, God will not give you a situation you cannot handle. We'll see you through. Come on, is somebody here? One second. So I met my wife, fell in love with her, and discovered she came from a broken home, and the son of man also came from a broken home. So we're stuck. So I told her, I said, babes, you see this thing? We must make it work. Do you like where you're coming from? She said, no. I said, me, I don't like it. So we created a vision. Come on, is somebody with me now? I think it's George Banner that said vision is foresight with the benefit of hindsight. So with the benefit of hindsight, we say we don't want where we are coming from. 
create a vision for your marriage. I remember that one day, I was in a church and I heard a good word. And I wrote in my small Bible. And I was so young, we're not married yet. And I said, I will never speak a negative word over my wife's life. That's why till today I count my words. Some people that call their wives, you're good, you're a fool, you're this and that. I said, I don't understand. If your wife is a goat, you're a he goat. Otherwise, how are you married? A human being does not marry a goat. You must be a he goat to be married to her. I'm not insulting you, but you understand what I'm saying? The vision, have a vision. Do you have a vision? Life is nothing without vision. Life has no direction without vision. You need a vision for your marriage. Where will you be 10 years from now? But listen to this. Bible says the vision is for an appointed time. It's a, a picture of your future. So wait for it. If there is anything you need as a couple, it is called patience. Oh, glory to God. It is called what? If you are not patient, you will not achieve the vision. When you get married, the first few years of your marriage is the time of adjustment. You may find what you don't like, but that does not mean you should run away from the marriage. You may find behaviors and conducts that are not okay. That does not end the marriage. Wait for it. Glory to God. Wait for it. Give yourselves a chance. Give your spouse a chance. Give your husband a chance. By the way, all men, they must have an abundance of patience with their wives. Otherwise, the marriage will not survive. And patience even in small things. You know how long it takes for a woman to bathe? Those of you that are not married, you, do, you don't want to know that. Do you know how long it takes for a woman to make up? Some will make up part one in the house, make up part two in the car. I'm not talking about you, mama. Study. <laughs> and then part three in the church. Make up is an event. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not, it's not makeup. Makeover. You know, makeup has changed now. It's now makeover. Oh, Lord. Glory to God. Please remain here because I've not taught for one, two months. <laughs> Glory to God. One day, I was invited to go and teach in Surulere. I finished. God dressed. Please let us go. So I'm coming. Let us go. I'm coming. Oh, Jesus. I know what I was going, going to preach. I was going to preach in a wedding. Oh, Lord. What am I? So I told her, I will leave you. Say, leave me. To, to go and preach what? <laughs> oh. I was one of the officiating ministers. So I arrived very late. So they gave me a place to sit down and when it was time to preach, I told them my story. 
I said I came very late today. I'm sorry about that. But that is the price of marriage. That is the price of peace. I said to the man, if you want to survive and have a good marriage, sometimes you'll need to go late. Be patient. Find tea and drink in the parlor. Look for water. Before you finish three bottles, at least you... Fighting will not change anything. In fact, if you quarrel too much, it will delay the process. No, if you quarrel, the time she spends to quarrel with you, more time is going. So I think it is in your interest to keep quiet so that she can finish quickly. Is someone still here? <laughs> I'm the one you have shown me. You have shown me. You have shown me. Okay, now let me go on. Should I? Wait for it. Did you get that? Some people give up too quickly on their spouse. You think the man will not change? By the way, you see, when I got married with my wife, I was like a disaster going somewhere to happen. I told you that I was what you would call a poor student. I used to be like Brother Kumuyi. I was wearing sandals, wore one trouser. Of course, we were not allowed to wear jeans. If you, were, if you wore jeans, you were going to hell. And not even the, the good side. You were going to the very deep, terrible part. You know, if you wear jeans, it's more resistant, but normal trousers. And wore one tennis shirt, like Brother Kumuyi. When she said yes to me, by the way, one of the greatest motivators for a man is to get engaged to a good woman that will give you fuel to run. A lot of men are not making progress because they have no commitment. The day as a man, you get engaged to a girl. You don't have a job. And you say, babes, I love you so much. I want to marry you. And she said, yes. Honestly, you must find a job by force. Because you know you have to perform. When she asks you for her time, and the first day you give excuse, the second day, even shame will not allow you to give another one. You look for money. I hope that's not why you're not a... <laughs> but you know, my wife was patient with me. Come on, that's the point I'm making. Please, is somebody getting my point? Be patient with the man. Don't want a quick fix. There are people that are looking for ready-made husbands. All the ready-made husbands are taken. Oh, come on. Did you hear what I just said? That man you're describing to your friend, a man with a good job, a man with a car, a man that has got a house, he's married. Has been married for five years. The men that are available don't have cars. <laughs> the men that are available are squatting. Those are the guys that are available now. Sisters, are you listening to me? 
Oh, Pastor, no. God will create one for me. Okay. The men that are available now are still serving their master. They have two years to freedom. So you need to wait. Ah, come on, is somebody with me? I am saying you need to wait. Wait for it. It will not tarry. Have you seen the mystery of that scripture? It says, it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait, it will not tarry. You see, when there is enough love in your heart, what looks like a long time will be like a short time. It will not tarry. So wait for it. Come on, is somebody here what I'm saying? Wait for it. Wait for it. She waited. That's what I've said in this church before. My wife paid the price. Waited till I grew up and could give her a comfortable life. You know, even when I didn't have money, I had a good mouth to articulate the vision. Money you don't have. Mouth you can't talk. What are you? What good are you? Say, Pastor, they don't want to marry me because I don't have money. Say, lie. It's because you don't have a mouth to talk. God gave them a mouth and a wisdom. Oh, receive a mouth. <laughs> no, so. See, when you don't have money, and you tell the babe, listen, I'm going to give you a good life. We are going to be comfortable. See, today may not be okay, but I know that this is what I want to do. You see, this project, I want to pursue this. I want to do this. I want to get this. I want to do this. And you tell her, look, do you like that hair? I'll buy it for you. You have not bought You don't have the money yet, but you're telling her, promising something that it may take five years to deliver. It doesn't matter. Women like to hear it, even if you can't do it now. Oh, come on. Am I, am I talking to somebody now? And me, I'm very humble. I don't know how to talk. You won't marry well. You won't marry fast. Those days, I would see a beautiful car. Say, My wife, do you like it? I said, that's like the kind of car I will buy for you. Meanwhile, I don't have accommodation. I was quoting in this time. I used to trek that express. I didn't even have transformer to enter Bolue. But when I, I see, I said, my, look, in this house, we are going to live well. Oh. In this town, we are going to live well. I, I told her, I will buy you a Jeep. Honestly, even to enter one, I had never entered before. But she could wait. Oh, come on. Is somebody in church now? That's why when somebody looks at me and says, ah, this pastor final. I said, don't look at me again. Because if they gave me to you free, 32 years ago, you would have pleaded the blood of Jesus. This woman was patient. So today she has the audacity and the right to break your eye. If you look at me too much. She's licensed to be violent if need be. <laughs> Is somebody still here? She was patient. She had to wait. A lot of sisters, the reason they are not married today, they are not ready to wait. Do I say that again? The reason many sisters are not married today, they are not ready to wait. 
Let me wrap that up. Give me the next verse. Look at this. Next verse. Can you read this with me? One, please read. One of the worst things to happen to a woman is to marry a proud man. A proud man thinks that he's doing you a favor to marry you. Me, I married someone like you. You should be thanking me. I rescued you from the suffering of your father's house. I sent you to school. And you talk back at me. You even answer me. Everything I say, you should be saying, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir. You know, when you marry a proud man, there cannot be discussion. There can only be instruction. A proud man does not have discussion with his wife. How can they? He gives you instruction and you must obey. And a proud man is never wrong. You cannot ever correct him. Any small thing like, I don't think you should have done. That's, that's a fight. That's an insult. Proud people easily feel insulted. If you find people that are always, you're insulting me. That's an insult. That's an, anybody that is, gets easily insulted is proud. You're thinking too highly of yourself. Your shoulders are too high. You know, by the way, insult is never given. Insult is always taken. Do you know what I've just said? You can feel insulted over anything. But even words can be spoken that may be insulting. If you do not permit yourself to get insulted by it, you will not feel anything. Do you understand what I'm saying? Someone can call you idiot. And you walk away feeling nothing. You don't feel insulted. It's not even like the person is talking to you. But someone can say... <clears throat> Well, I, I think you need to think again. I said, you're insulting me? So you mean I don't think well? That's an insult. Please, are you understanding what I'm saying? Proud people are impossible people. And it's not only the men that can be proud. Women can be proud. A proud woman... She's so beautiful... She thinks for me to condescend to marry... An ugly guy like you. Look at your face. You know that's why I don't like going to you for going with you for meetings. Because you know I, I, I can't stand it. She was Miss World on campus, Miss Unilac, Miss Lagos. Card walk. One woman was so proud. In her own case, she had position. And, and you see, why is it that when women have position or money, it gets into their head? You know why? Because society has told women they were not expected to be rich, they were not expected to be powerful. So when a woman 
gets to be MD, the world stops for her. When the woman gets to be rich, the money gets into her head. But you know, when you realize that it is okay for a woman to be rich and to be famous, your wealth will not make you proud. Come on. It's, it's, you understand what I'm saying? Your position will not get into your head. You understand it's not a big deal. You're not the first. You won't be the last. Because she had money, she had position. Even the husband could not approach her. The man will get into the bedroom. Darling, come and say, you, me? You're not even afraid? You talk to me, you're not even afraid? I don't need to tell you the rest of the story. It didn't end well. It did not end well. If your marriage is going to work well, you must be humble. You must be what? And if God is interested in you, if you refuse to humble yourself, God will humble you. And it is better for, for you to humble yourself than for God to humble you. When God humbles you, Bible talks about Jesus as the chief cornerstone. Says if you fall on it, you'll be broken. If it falls on you, you'll be crushed to powder. It is better for you to fall on the stone and be broken. Don't let the stone fall on you, you'll be crushed. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying now? Behold the proud, his soul is not upright. The proud cannot be upright. You know, proud people don't know how to say I'm sorry. There are some people, they have never been wrong. They can't tell their wife I'm sorry. I heard the other day, one of my sisters was saying, there are some men, they don't even know how to say I'm sorry. When they want to say I'm sorry, they let their leg come and touch you on the bed. Why? Why must you use your leg to speak? Are you dumb? Are you dumb? It's pride. Come on, is somebody here once say now? So if you say to her, darling, I realized I was wrong. Darling, I shouldn't have spoken to you that way. Oh, sweetie, I'm sorry about it. I am sorry. Forgive me. So what will happen? The world will come to an end? There are a few things I'm gifted in very gifted. One of them is how to beg my wife when I wrong her. I would apologize to her in such a way that when she forgives me, she will say, darling, why have you taught, why have you not taught our men how to apologize to their wives? Men, please come to a special school. I, I have the gifts. <laughs> By the way, I don't even understand how people allow their marriage to fall apart. You wrong your wife? And you don't know how to beg your wife? You're proud. Come down from your high horse. Women are so sweet and so flexible. Women are more forgiving than men. Oh, come on. Did you hear what I just said? I said women are more forgiving than men. But they, when they are out for vengeance, they are worse than men. You don't want to cross a woman and she tells you I'm 
I'm going to deal with you. If a woman says, I'm going to deal with you, it's only God that will save you. Only God in heaven. But if she says so, and then you know how to beg her. Don't be proud. A lot of men are losing their marriage because of pride. Oh, come on. Is somebody with me? What's this? Some women don't also know how to apologize. They don't know. They don't know. Cooking a meal for your husband is not apology. Sleeping with him does not take the place of an apology. A man, oh come on, this is for couples fellowship. Tonight, we will deal with it in the dinner tonight. So let me pull back from there. I was going to a deeper side of the talk, but it's not here. <laughs> Behold, the proud his soul is not already, but the just shall live. Woo! The just shall do what? Living by faith includes marrying by faith. Glory to God. Are you with me? The reason people are not married is not because they don't have money. Christians, it's because they don't have faith. I don't want to ask these people because maybe they had a lot of money when they got married. But I know some people in this church, they didn't have money by the time they got married. I didn't have. Get married by faith. By the way, the Bible says, whatever is not of faith is sin. So, you are offending God when you want all the money in the bank before you marry. If you marry based on what you have, can I say this to you? That God is not a part of it. You will get God committed to it when it is done by faith. Whatever is not done by faith has not made room for God. Oh, I don't think you understand me. If you have everything it takes, then you can beat your chest and shut out God. But when you need God, you make room for him because you take a step of faith. I don't understand how a man gets to 30, gets to 35 and is still looking for money. No! Get a girl first. The Bible says when any man that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor. Did you notice that scripture? It didn't say anybody that marries a wife. It says any man that does what? So what are you to do to obtain favor? Find the wife. Find the wife. Where do you find the wife? In the nightclub? Where do you find the wife? At the bus stop? Where do you find the wife? Some people have brought unbelievers to me. Daddy, daddy, this is the girl that I want to marry. And I found out that they are unbelievers. Where did you find this one? One of the benefits of belonging to a good church like this is that you can have a pool of eligible sisters to marry. Oh, come on. Are you with me? If you're in this church, you don't have any excuse to look outside. We have enough sisters to go around here. 
Are you with me? I have been considering putting an embargo on marrying from outside. I've been considering that if you bring me anybody from outside, I won't wed you. Until we exhaust the ones we have here. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, I am grooming these girls. Who am I grooming them for? I'm grooming them for you. And yet you go to people that are corrupted by wrong doctrine. People that don't understand what marriage is about. Do you know, when you marry from this church, you have a guarantee that you will succeed. Because the person is brought up in the right doctrine and has the right mindset concerning marriage. Marry from here. Is somebody still here? Brother, if you were thinking of going outside, that is cancelled. Marry from here now. Hello, are you with me? Marry from where? Here. <laughs> Glory to God. And sister, our brothers must be given priority. Again, because I'm grooming them for you. I'm grooming them for who? Don't go to marry people that are receiving useless teachings. They'll come and beat you to pulp. Ruin your life and your destiny. Marry our brothers here first. Even those ones you will need to wait for your future to unfold. But take the cue and marry from here. Can somebody say, I hear that? <laughs> Glory to God. Marry. One or two things and then I'll read my last scripture. Is someone blessed? Sometimes you hear. Someone say, me, ah, before I marry, before I marry, I must taste. I can't buy what I don't taste. If you want to buy ground nut, they'll give you to taste first. If you want to buy suya, they'll cut and give you to taste. Beloved, our sisters are not suya. They are not ground nut. Don't go with your tester from place to place. It is a wrong thing to do. And sister, please don't be tested by any man. Testing, testing is not available here. Have a notice. No testing. Hey, come on, are you with me? Door closed. No testing. Oh, pastor, in our culture, the woman must be pregnant before marriage. That is a demonic culture. That is not kingdom culture. In our kingdom, we don't get pregnant before we marry. We marry by faith. How do I know that she's fertile? You'll find out. How do I know he's fertile? In front. Is somebody here? That is why you must marry as a Christian. No testing. I got engaged to my wife 
We were friends for two years. We were engaged for five. No testing. Are you with me? No testing. So this is a non-testing church. <laughs> testing is prohibited here. Glory to Jesus. Wow. Is someone blessed by this? Okay. My last scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 33. You are the one. I'm the one. You have shown me. You have shown me. that's our song for today. Let me read the scripture. Can you read this with me everybody? One, please go. He who is married cares about the things of the world. How he may do what? Please his wife. When you marry, you cannot be so heavenly minded that you forget that your primary responsibility as a husband is not to sing in church, is not to sweep the church, is not to count offering, is to please your wife. Read the next verse. Read this with me. One go. Notice that. But she who is married cares about the things of the world, not only the things of the church, not only the things of the kingdom, but the things of this life. Ah, pastor. You see, we are in a prayer band. So we pray every night. Please, some nights you need to go home and care for your husband. You will need to care for the things of this world. How you may please your husband. I'm ending with this and please listen to me. Marriage becomes easy. Marriage becomes bliss. When the preoccupation of the couple is how to please each other. When you are driven by the desire to please your husband. And your husband is driven by the desire to please you as the wife. Marriage becomes glorious. I've always said that it takes two to tango when it gets to marriage. The wife will not desire to please the husband. And the husband only sits in the chair to collect the pleasing. And does nothing. No. It must be mutual. Come on. Is somebody with me? The man seeks to please the wife. The wife seeks to please the husband. So in marriage, success is not whether you're happy. Success is whether your spouse is happy. Oh, my marriage is fine. 
Why is your marriage fine? Because I'm happy. No, no, no. That's not a good test of whether your marriage is over. You will know whether your marriage is fine by how your spouse feels, not by how you feel. Is somebody with me? You will please your spouse in everything. When you are going to buy food to cook Linda, if you live in your marriage cooking only what you like, you're going to have trouble. When you're planning a meal for the week, the primary thing on your mind is what will my husband like? Thank you. All it takes for me to have another meal, if I even, I, I don't complain about food, I, I eat anything. In fact, my wife knows I find it difficult to have a favorite, my best meal. I don't know what my best meal is. What will you eat? I say anything you give me. That's the way I live. I have not rejected anything. But if I ever say, ha, ah, this food serve, that's all. I don't need to say anything else. My wife will make another meal. Because who is she cooking for? Who is she cooking for? Come on, is somebody hearing what I'm saying now? Brother Moran, when you want to rent a house or to furnish a house, you're not going to buy the drapes you like or to the furniture you like. You think of, you go and bring madame. Come and choose the, the drapes you want. Isn't that so? It's a very selfish man who does not understand how marriage works. You go and buy everything in the house. Even if you want to buy TV now, you need to ask her, which one do you want? Even if she does not understand. Bring pictures, show her, carry her to the market. Are you with me? When you want to buy the car that you're going to buy, you will be asking her the specs you want. Are you with me? Any man that wants to rent a house cannot rent. When a man understands how marriage works, you don't rent the house and then tell your wife you have rented a house. You won't live there in peace. No, if you live for one year and you don't forfeit the rent you have tried, you will need to ask madame to go and check she will check the placement of the kitchen. She will check where the bedroom is. It is what she likes that you will pay for, not what you like. Oh, come on, is somebody with me now? When my wife is dressing, she's dressing to please me. She's not going to wear what she likes if I don't like. So she'll ask me, what should I wear? Should I wear this? If I say wear this, she cannot say I must wear that. The hair that you wear as a woman, you wear what will please your husband, not what you like. Oh, come on, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. This morning, I woke up and I didn't feel like wearing, in fact it was from last night, I didn't feel like wearing this sultan. I said to her, can I wear something else? I said, but we've made it. Let's wear it. So, when I woke up, had a bath, and dressed here, it was to please her. Because I know that's what she likes. It's got nothing to do with whether I like it. It's got everything to do with it. That's, guys, that's how marriage runs. 
That's how marriage works. Some people are so self-centered, they can't make room for each other. I said I'm not going to get into a lot of other details. But concerning every area, you must care for the things of this world, how to please your spouse. No matter what you do, if your spouse is not pleased, you're failed. If your spouse is not pleased, you are failed. You may be excited, you may be happy, but if your spouse does not shade, you are failed. And that's the last thing I want to leave with you. Beloved, my burden, my heart cry is that you have a good marriage. If you're not married yet, your marriage will not fail. A good marriage starts with finding the right person. Today, I look back at 37 years ago, 39 years ago. I, I actually got to meet my wife 39 years ago. Truth is that I didn't know what I was looking for. If anybody tells you that at that age I knew what I was looking for, I would be lying to you. It is God that has helped me. A few years ago, one of the friends, I, I had some friends that were girls. There was this one that I was so close to. We were so close that people thought we were going to marry. After I married my wife, she said she came for our wedding. I think she did. And then she located me a few years ago and said that since then she has been having a question in her heart. And she wanted to have closure. And what was the question she asked me? Why didn't you marry me? I said, Madam, if I married you, either you would have died or I would have died. Because the kind of life I lived after the hardship, someone like you would not have gone through it. It took this village girl who used to carry firewood to feed ten children. That's the kind of girl God gave to me. If God gave to me some GRA girl, she would have died or killed me. <laughs> Are you still here? That same God that even in my ignorance located me at the right place and caused me to end up with the right choice. That same God will do the same for you. There's a prayer I used to pray and I want to pray it for you. Even then, as a young person, I used to pray, God, don't let me marry outside your will. Even if I have printed wedding cards, God, spoil it. And you think I was kidding, I was not. I say, even if God have announced my wedding and it's not your will, spoil it. Can I pray the same prayer for you? That if you're in a wrong relationship, God will disconnect you. And God will put you in the relationship that he has kept for you. He knows the end from the beginning. And I pray that that will come through in your life. Your married God is going to bless your union. The grace we have known and more will come upon your marriage. Stand on your feet and let's pray. 
Showword Assembly is a Bible teaching ministry operating at different locations. Every Sunday by 9 a.m., we experience supernatural encounter with God as we worship Him and drink from the fountain of His Word. Every Thursday, we meet at 6 p.m. for teaching, prayer, and breaking of bread. If you need a church that will equip you to grow in the faith, empower you to succeed in life, and give you a platform to serve the Lord, welcome to Showword Assembly. To learn more about us, visit showwordassembly.org. Remember, with God, all things are possible. So expect a miracle today. And when you're coming for the next service, bring a friend along. Showword, Raising Champions.